0: This is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Abigail Snyder. And today I'm joined by Dr. Lewis Newman. Dr. Newman is the former Dean of Academic Advising and Associate Vice Provost for Undergraduate Education at Stanford University. At Stanford, he had a number of responsibilities largely related to student advising and academic success. And he ultimately grew the advising program promoted a holistic approach to academic advising, and advocated for a liberal education. Based on Dr. Newman's experiences as a professor and advisor, he's written the forthcoming book, Thinking Critically in College, the Essential Handbook for Student Success. And I'm excited for the opportunity to talk with him all about it. Dr. Newman, thank you for taking the time to join me here on the station.
1: Thank you, Abigail, for having me.
0: Before we get into the book, I want to learn a little more about you. What is your background in? What is your field of research? And I also know that you've written several other books. So tell us about those.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, My background is as a scholar of religion. My specific field of interest uh, was the history of Judaism and even more specifically Jewish ethics. So as an undergraduate and then later as a graduate student, I studied philosophy, as well as Hebrew. And over the course of my graduate career, I began to develop an interest in ethics and particularly the ethics of Jewish tradition. So just as there's a Christian ethic, there is a Jewish ethic, and I was interested in exploring that more deeply. So I kind of combined my philosophical interests with an interest in classical uh, Jewish texts, the Talmud and other important Jewish sources of wisdom and learning, and began to develop this interest in Jewish ethics. So my, my previous books have pretty much all been about one aspect of Jewish ethics or another.
0: Well, turning to your new book, Thinking Critically in College, what inspired you to write it? You know, there are so many resources and handbooks available to college students today. So what makes it unique?
1: Well, what makes it unique, I think, is that most of those other handbooks, and you're right, there are dozens of them, really give students pretty kind of tactical advice, I would call it. That is to say, things like, be sure to go to class, take good notes, go to your professor's office hours, learn how to manage your time better, Uh, learn how to get along with your roommate. There are lots of other kinds of things that college students regularly need help with. This book really delves into the actual work that you do in your courses and the ways in which the kind of thinking you're asked to do in college might be more demanding than what most students have had to do in high school. And making that transition from high school level thinking to college level thinking is, is really what this book is about. It came about in the course of my teaching at Carleton College, where I was a professor of religion for 33 years. And I spent uh, some of that time at the end as as an administrator. But just in the last years of my teaching there, I had a a conversation with one of the students in one of my classes that prompted me to, to realize that that maybe we as faculty assumed that students absorbed more of these critical thinking skills just naturally than then maybe they did and that they might need a little more explicit instruction. And that was what prompted me to write this book.
0: Well, Thinking Critically in College has been described as the go-to handbook for instructors and all those who support college student success. Can you give a general overview of what you share in the book that makes it such an invaluable handbook?
1: Sure. Well, I think that there are some very basic high-level skills that college students need to do the work that we as faculty uh, ask students to do. And and I think they're pretty much the same across disciplines. And I've checked this out with, with colleagues in other fields that I know nothing about. I'm not, a, I'm not a chemist or a physicist. As I said, I'm a scholar of religion. But in talking with colleagues about the kinds of skills that students need for their courses, it became clear to me that there are some basics. And I, I, I try to identify four of them in the book and then kind of use them throughout the book to give examples of, of ways that these kinds of critical thinking skills will show up in assignments and in research projects and so on. And the four that I identify are exploring context, uh, comparing alternatives, weighing evidence, and uh, considering implications and sometimes new applications of things you've already learned. And it seems to me that if you keep those four basic kinds of thinking in mind, uh, you will find yourself much more readily able to tackle the assignments that faculty give you. And so my book is really kind of trying to pull back the curtain, if you will, on the sorts of thinking that you're going to be doing in college and uh, exactly how that's going to look on your assignments and how you can do it more effectively.
0: You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Abigail Snyder and I'm joined by Dr. Lewis Newman, author of the forthcoming book Thinking Critically in College, The Essential Handbook for Student Success. Dr. Newman, in the book's introduction, you state that learning to think like a college student is all about learning how to learn even more effectively than you already do. What do you mean by that? And what's a practical tip you can offer students to help us learn more effectively?
1: Sure. Well, well, look, we've all been learning since we were very, very young. Since probably we were pre-verbal, we were learning lots of things. I now have grandchildren and I'm watching them do this. But as we go through our formal education, through elementary school and then high school, we become more and more sophisticated about the kinds of things that we're learning. We're asked increasingly to look deeper into things, not just absorb information and spit it back, but actually uh, analyze, criticize, compare, uh, explore the implications and applications of things. These are higher level thinking skills that uh, come gradually as we uh, progress in our education. And it seems to me that learning how to learn is effectively mastering those higher level thinking skills. And one of the ways in which we do that, just by way of example, I talk about this in the book, is we've all had this experience. We uh, are working on a problem. Maybe it's a math problem. Maybe it's a problem of how to organize material for a paper that we're writing and we get stuck. We sort of feel like we're hitting a wall and we don't know how to solve a problem. And we kind of keep banging our heads against that wall. And then sometimes after a long enough period of time, kind of something clicks or a light goes on and all of a sudden we kind of see the way forward. My sense from my own experience and from talking to students is that when that happens, We're so relieved that we finally solved the problem that we just kind of pushed through to the end. Whereas in fact, learning how to learn means stopping at that moment, paying attention to what just fell into place and why was it not in in place 10 minutes or 10 hours earlier? What was it that clicked? Why did it fall into place? What could we see now that we couldn't see before? And when we ask ourselves that question, we're paying attention to what gets us stuck in our learning and how do we get ourselves unstuck. And if we pay attention to the ways in which we learn, that is exactly what I mean by learning how to learn more effectively and uh, and at a higher level.
0: As I was reading the book, your chapter entitled What Am I Doing in This Class Anyway? really hit home for me. Here at Hillsdale College, a liberal arts college, students are required to take a wide variety of courses from sciences to humanities, from physics to logic to philosophy, and as an English major and biology minor hoping to go to law school or some form of graduate school, I can sometimes be frustrated by classes that I deem as useless in terms of my future career. But you push back on that a bit. Why do you argue an education where students are exposed to many disciplines is so valuable?
1: Well, I think it's valuable and I affirm the mission of any liberal arts college, which requires students to take courses in a variety of disciplines, precisely because those disciplines train us in different ways of thinking. That is, each discipline asks particular kinds of questions, uses particular kinds of evidence to help us address those questions. And, uh, and there are always new opportunities when you're studying a new subject to see the world through a different set of eyes, to notice different things uh, about the way the world works, to ask different kinds of questions and explore them using different methods and tools. And the more agile we become in being able to do that, the better able we are in, in the rest of our lives, long after the courses are over, to notice those things, to draw on those skills, to see things from different perspectives to have different intellectual tools in our toolbox if you will so that when we tackle problems in life or simply read things in the newspaper we're in a better position to make sense of them to look at them critically and uh and to basically learn uh for the rest of our lives that's why so much of liberal arts education is focused on lifelong learning because the idea is that taking all those different courses gives us a set of very wide-ranging skills that we'll use for the rest of our lives.
0: You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Abigail Snyder, and I'm joined by Dr. Lewis Newman, author of the forthcoming book, Thinking Critically in College. Dr. Newman, you seem to place an emphasis on critical thinking in the book. Uh, The title hints at it, and you even have an entire part dedicated to critical thinking and practice. So first, how do you define critical thinking? How can students improve their critical thinking in college? And then ultimately, how will that help them in their future careers?
1: First of all, there's a whole field out there of people who study critical thinking. Uh, I've looked at some of those books. I can't claim to be an expert uh, in all of the things, all the research that's been done. People define critical thinking in a whole range of ways. For my purpose, rather than trying to define it uh, sort of abstractly, what i did was to sort of look at what we as faculty actually ask students to do. What are the kinds of critical thinking skills that we expect of students that we hope that they'll get better at over the course of their college educations, and to just focus on those. So my, my goal here is really very much college education focused. And I, and I think those four skills that I mentioned earlier, again, exploring context, considering alternatives, weighing evidence and uh, observing applications and and new implications of what we've learned. Those are the four basic things that I think constitute critical thinking in college. How we get better at them is just practice. Uh, We just practice them, we become more self-aware about them, how we're using those skills. At one point in the book, I invite students to imagine that every, every quarter or every term you're taking a kind of an invisible course, add one more course to your course schedule called Learning How to Learn, and pay attention to what are your goals, how well are you progressing toward them, how are you learning how to learn better, and track yourself, Uh, ask yourself those questions every, every semester. And I think that if you were doing that, you would be regularly monitoring whether you're getting better at these critical thinking skills or not and how you're getting better at them and how you're employing them so that's how you get better you simply practice and you pay attention to your own practice so that you can notice when you're doing something better and when you're applying something for example that you learned in one course to work that's been assigned in a different course how it's going to be useful to you in the rest of your life i think i touched on but i'll just say a bit more which is all of us throughout our lives, not only professionally, but just in our personal lives, are going to have decisions to make. Should I uh, take this medication? Or uh, I've got an optional uh, medical procedure. Should I consider doing it? Well, how am I going to make that decision? Of course, I'll rely on uh, medical experts and physicians who are caring for me. But I also might want to read about it. And I may read something online about uh, that particular medication or that particular uh, medical intervention. And I'll want to be able to analyze and criticize that, look at it, evaluate it, try to make sense of whether it applies to me or not. Asking any of those questions will be the, the same sorts of questions that college has trained you to ask, to look for evidence, to compare of to compare one treatment against another to look at the context in which a particular treatment was used and whether that applies to your case or not, all of those are skills that we're going to be using. The same would apply in a whole lot of other kinds of decisions that we would make in our lives. So I I think that these skills that we learn in college are useful forever. And I I suspect that the more we emphasize them in college and get students to really be self-aware about how they use them, the better off they'll be when it comes to making those decisions in their own lives.
0: In the conclusion of your book, you assert that there's a distinctive and long lasting benefit of college, and it may not be what we would immediately assume. That is, I believe you might disagree with the idea that the most substantial benefit one receives from college is an opportunity to land a high paying job or get into a prestigious graduate school. What is the true long lasting benefit of college?
1: Well, first of all, I just wanna say clearly that getting a high paying job uh, or going on to graduate school is a very worthwhile thing to do. I'm not in any way suggesting that those things are not valuable or not meaningful and won't contribute in many ways to your life success. What I will say though is that there's plenty of evidence that people who earn more money are not necessarily happier. They're not necessarily more satisfied with their lives. Going to graduate school might be a good thing to do. It might not be a good thing to do. It depends a lot on which program and what your ultimate goals are and so forth. So while all of those are benefits of college, uh, unquestionably, the clear, clearest, most long-lasting benefit of college is the kind of thinking that we learn to do and the ways in which it will serve us, the very things I've just been talking about. And I think that if students, approached college realizing that the information you learn might well become outdated within a matter of years even but the kinds of thinking that you learn how to do are never going to be outdated you're going to always have to look at context think about alternatives weigh evidence and consider implications if you remember those things and remember how to do them well they they will serve you in just about anything you do for the rest of your life, whether that's professionally or personally. That is why I focus on that as the really enduring value of a college education.
0: You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Abigail Snyder, and I'm joined by Dr. Lewis Newman, author of the forthcoming book, Thinking Critically in College. Dr. Newman, how can students best utilize your book? You share advice from your years of experience in its pages, and I also know that there are some workbook exercises. But how do you suggest students use it as a resource to help them learn to do what the title says? Think critically in college and find success.
1: Well, I think reading the book and doing those exercises is certainly one way that you could use the book. My hope is that the book might be adopted in courses. Of course, that's a decision that faculty make. But if they did, and if students used it in the context of a course, I think it would be especially powerful because then you would be doing it along with other students, not just sitting alone, reading it by yourself, but actually engaging with the material in a course where you're guided by a faculty member, but also sharing what you're learning and the challenges you're facing with your fellow students. And of course, that's the way most learning happens in college. And- My hope is that the book would be useful in a course, particularly maybe for first year students, though conceivably it could be used at any point in a college career.
0: Well, we don't wanna spoil the book, but after reading Thinking Critically on College, what's one thing a reader can expect to take away that they didn't previously know or understand?
1: Well, there are a number of them, I think, but the one I might focus on is the one that I alluded to earlier, That is, I think we all learn, and we've all been doing it for so long that we don't really pay a lot of attention to our own learning process. Uh, People in the field call this metacognition, thinking about how how we think. And I think one of the goals of the book is to get students to be more self-aware about how they think, how they learn, and how they can learn even more effectively. And so the one takeaway, if there's a single one in the book that I would emphasize, it's that students are all learning all the time. But if you're learning how to learn, as you're learning the material in the course, you're gaining a kind of perspective on your own learning that is going to be useful to you and and help kind of um, turbocharge your learning, if you will. And I think that's one of the things that students typically don't do as much of in college. They simply see their college as a set of hurdles to clear, courses to finish, assignments to finish, and when I get to the finish line, I'm done. Whereas if they were thinking about it as each one of these assignments and classes is an opportunity for me to become more self-aware of my own learning process and how I can benefit from it down the road that I think would give your college education a whole new dimension.
0: Lastly, when will your book be available and where can people pick up a copy?
1: The book is available now. If you go online to any of your favorite sources, uh, Amazon, of course, Barnes and Noble, and so forth, places uh, where you might buy books, uh, you can pre order it. The book officially comes out next week on March 7th and the book I think will ship on March 7th, but you can order it now.
0: Well, Dr. Newman, thank you so much for coming on the station to discuss your book and share advice with all of us concerning ways that we can find success as college students.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on your program.
0: You've been listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Abigail Snyder, and I've been joined by Dr. Lewis Newman, author of Thinking Critically in College, The Essential Handbook for Student Success, available March 7th. I hope you've enjoyed this chance to hear from Dr. Newman and that you'll tune in again for more special content.